Good morning. I want to introduce our, our video to you. We have, we have three to be baptized, two brothers and a young lady. I want you to, to pay attention to the screen and, and listen to their testimonies. Thank you. My name is Zoe Houston. I'm 11 years old and today I'm getting baptized because I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. Hello, my name is Bentley and I'm 12 years old and the reason I want to get baptized is because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and everyone else's and to get closer to God and the relationship between us. I am Blake Pollard, I am 13 and I got saved at camp and I thought it would be the right choice for me to get baptized so I can show my love more for him and he's more in my life. It's not great testimonies. Just want to thank uh, those in our student ministry and children's ministry, those who serve and volunteer in those areas. Uh, this is the results of that. And I just want to, I'm honored to baptize uh, Zoe Houston. Thankful for Heather and Scott. Heather and Scott uh, have been members here a long time and they both serve here. And I'm so thankful for that and just honored to baptize your daughter today, Heather. And Zoe, before I baptize you, I'll ask you two questions. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes. Do you promise to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Zoe, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death, raised a walk in the midst of life. God bless you. Thank you. All right, come here and stand. All right, this is Bentley, and we'll be baptized. You can stand right here, Bentley. Him and his brother uh, this morning. They've been coming to Children's Student Ministry now for about eight months, and I'm Honored to baptize them as you uh, heard on their testimony. They're born again and come this morning to publicly profess their faith in Jesus Christ. And what grade are you in, Bill? Six. What are y'all feeding these kids? <laughs> I mean, I don't get it, right? But I'm honored to baptize you this morning. Before I baptize you, I just want to ask you a question. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes. Do you promise to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Mainly because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death, raised the walk in the midst of life. God bless you guys. Next, we're honored to baptize his brother Blake. And Blake's been coming to student ministry for quite some time, got saved at camp. And uh, we're really honored to baptize you as well. I ask you the same questions I asked your brother. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes. Do you promise to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Blake, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death, raised the wall for the of life. God bless you, brother. Amen. Is that not a blessing? Hey, I'll just say this. Typically, in Southern Baptist churches, if uh, you baptize children, especially like Zoe, or not children, but, but young girls like Zoe, and then teenage boys, um, it's getting rarer and rarer in America. So I want to thank you. Thank you, Justin and Courtney, everybody who serves in children and youth ministry. Thank you so much for that. And let's give God a hand clap for what they do. Thank you. 
I would say this. We baptized close to 30 people this year already, and we're thankful for that. The average Southern Baptist church, well, not the average, but there are about 10,000 Southern Baptist churches a year at Baptized Zero. Okay? So our goal as a church, and it takes us all working together, is to share the gospel with people that need Jesus. Amen? Thank you so much for doing that. Let's pray together. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. We want to thank you. Lord, I want to thank you for Zoe and for her faith in you. Lord, I know that you answered her mom and dad's prayers, her grandmother and grandfather. Father, I'm so honored to baptize her today. And Lord, for, for these, these brothers, what an honor it is to baptize Blake and Bentley. And Father, I pray that you'd use these three for your honor and for your glory. Lord, only heaven knows what you'll do because you saved them. And Father, I want to thank you for a church that loves children and loves students. And Father, I pray that this would just be the beginning. And Lord, we give you the honor and the glory and the praise for it all. In Jesus' name I pray and all the God's people said together.
heart's gonna sing worthy. for he is my king job, Phil. I like that bass. You got the bottom of the barrel there, bud. I just want to say this. It's awesome to see these three students get baptized this morning. Zoe, I think, connected a few dots while she was at camp. We talk about camp a lot. It's really important. And um, Blake and Bentley, you know, Bentley connected some dots at VBS. So some of you served meals at VBS. Some of you ran sound for VBS. You all had a small part. Uh, This morning's message title is, Does My Service Matter? It absolutely does matter that you serve. Um, and then, you know, Bentley, uh, Blake at summer camp, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students outside worshiping outside at the forts at Casel. And he's the only young man that stood up in the entire group, the entire campus. And um, just, just an awesome night. I remember that night. That was an awesome night. So thank you guys, church family, for your service because um, you all played a part in what happened this morning. It's just good to see the fruit of our labor in that way. So thank you again. And I hope that you will, by the end of this service, realize that your service really does matter. Um, if you're visiting with us this morning, I'm sure there's a lot of visitors with the baptism. Um, out here in the vestibule, as you walk out, there is a welcome table, and you're welcome to stop by there. There's a, a, a backpack there. It's got some information about the church and things like that. We'd love to get that in your hands and just ways that we can serve you. And if you have any needs, you're welcome to uh, rip out this care card here, fill that out. And if you have any needs or anything like that, you can drop that in an offering plate on your way out, and we'll be happy to contact you whichever way you see fit. Uh, if we can serve you uh, in that way. But right now, if you will, go ahead and stand up, turn to your neighbor, tell him hello, and we'll get ready for worship.
I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer this morning. But I have a few things we need to pray for before we do that. Uh, this week is a week of prayer for our North Carolina Baptist mission offering. You know, North Carolina Baptist men and women that go all across the world to help and aid those in need. This is a week of prayer for them. And also, it's a week of, of giving and offering. Pray about what you can do to help. Because, you know, we're right at hurricane season. And there's a lot of tragedies that happen. And North Carolina is far better than most missions organizations that I've seen on the field. But you, you pray for them this week. It's a week of prayer for them. Uh, I was talking to Trent yesterday. He's going to Kashmir. That's the very northern part of East Asia. And I want you to pray for him. He'll be traveling there in a week or so and uh, pray for their outreach as they'll be reaching people there in that, that area of the world. And also, I want you to remember Jimmy Lambert's family. Jimmy's a good friend. He passed away this past week. The, the services will be here today at 4 o'clock. Visitation will be from 2 to 4. But I want to invite you to come, and I want you to pray for that family. Would you come this morning and lift up these I've mentioned in prayer? You come. Lay down your Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for being our Father. Thank you for saving us and giving us eternal hope, eternal life. And Lord, that we can be born again into your family. And Lord, that we can always walk with you and put you first in our life. Put you first in our families and church life. I pray this morning that you'd meet all these needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Father, I want to pray, Father, that you'd be with North Carolina Baptist Missions. Lord, as they reach out to people that are hurting, people who've lost everything in their life, I pray you'd use them for your honor and for your glory, because that's who we are. And Father, I pray that God, that you'd be with uh, Trent, Lord, as he's going up to Kashmir. I pray that you'd be with him and the team, and Lord, as they reach out with the gospel. And Father, I pray this morning that you'd be with Jimmy's family. Be with Shirley and Amy and Andy and the boys. and Be with them today and the days to come. Lord, your grace is sufficient. You're the God of all comfort. You're the God of all peace. And I pray your blessings on their life. And God, that you'd just be so ever real to them and dear to them. Just, Lord, put your loving presence around them right now. We love you this morning. Thank you for loving us. Would you bless this time of worship? Lord, thank you for those who were baptized this morning. Bless them in their new faith. Lord, as they walk with you in Christ, bless them, Father, as they live for you. And Lord, as they stand for you throughout school and throughout their lifetime. And we love you this morning. Thank you for your goodness this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
seated.
Amen. Thank you, choir. Just a couple of things as they're going down. I want to remind you that at the end of the service, we will have a, uh, our quarterly business meeting. And that the purpose of that meeting is to vote on our proposed budget of 2022 and 2023. And also the nominate committee report for 2022 and 2023. And uh, w- want to give you an update on the Jennings building. You voted uh, a couple months ago for, for a sound system. And that sound system is being installed now, and because of that uh, sound system being installed, next Sunday's Sunday morning service will be here in the sanctuary as well, because they have some finishing touches to make and uh, things like that, so we just don't want to rush them because we know how things are. So next Sunday morning, uh, the service will be held in here as well. Last week, I talked about this question in this question and answer series, does my service matter? Now, And I, I made this point, listen, Does my service matter? Does God know and care about what I do? Now, you're going to vote on a nominating committee report, and I want to thank everyone who serves. You don't have to, okay? There are a lot of people in this church that serve in this church and community, and their names are not in there. The first person we looked at last week was Phoebe, okay? Paul mentions her first. She was called a servant in the church at where she was. Paul gives her high praise. One person was talking about, uh, one scholar said this, the fact that people serve, volunteers serve, this is on Paul's mind as he closes this book, the book of Romans. Paul refers to the names of, and I'm going to repeat what I did two weeks ago. Paul refers to the names of some 35 people in all. These are people Paul has met on his journeys, people he has led to faith in other areas who now live in Rome. He has evidently kept track of them. And are aware of their standing in service. And this is before telephones and email. He remembered their names. Paul will greet 17 men by name and 9 women. He will greet 2 couples. We're going to look at this couple this morning. And 5 converted slaves. He will greet 5 groups at large along with 2 specific households. He greets men, women, freedmen, Jews, the well-to-do and the well-thought-of. As well as Gentiles and slaves. Romans 16 is God's way of saying people matter including you. It's like God is saying, I know your name. I see what you're doing for my cause. No one slips through the cracks with God. And last week, he talked about Phoebe. She carried the book of Romans from Corinth to Rome, 756 miles. And Paul says, when she gets there, you welcome her. Okay. And then he starts another list. And he mentions, notice the verses on the screen. If you'll stand with me as we read this together. If you don't have a Bible, I'll put the verses on the screen for you. Look at the word greet. This is, what, this is what Stephen Lawson said about that word. That word greet means this. It means you're sitting down, and when this, this couple enters the room, you stand up, and you do that. That's what that word means. He didn't have to put that word there. But he says, I want you to greet this couple. Now notice what he says. Priscilla and some, your translations may say Prisca. See, Prisca is her formal name, and really what Paul wrote here is what he wrote in 2 Timothy 4.19, is he said Prisca because that was her formal name, and he kept their relationship formal. That's that's why most scholars believe he, he never called her Priscilla, he called her Prisca. Luke calls her Priscilla, a more formal, intimate name, okay? Greek Priscilla and Aquila. See, my name is James. There are only a few people who call me James. My grandparents who are passed away and Tim Marlowe. You're the only ones that can call me James. Everybody else calls me Jamie, right? Prisca was her James and Priscilla was her Jamie. And Paul kept, now think about it. He lived in their house. 
and he kept it formal. He called her Prisca. And what scholars say is this. There was no thought about Paul being inappropriate. That comes through people's minds. Okay, He said, greet Priscilla or Prisca and Aquila. Notice my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Notice how Paul mentions in Christ Jesus all throughout this book. He says, who risked their own necks for my life. That's amazing. To whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. See, listen, listen, I want to share this with you. When, you. when you serve here, you're not just impacting here. Do you realize that? When you give money, all right, and God is a better investor than us, okay? Don't look at your investments right now. That's just, I'm just giving you a little piece of advice. But your eternal investments are making great dividends, not just here, but guess where? All around the world. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, These, this couple served to the point that not only do I give thanks, but he, now God just doesn't throw words in there. All the churches of the Gentiles give thanks for this couple. Okay? Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. We want to thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to serve. Father, East Taylorsville Baptist Church does not exist today without Phoebe's and couples like Priscilla and Aquila. We don't know that they ever taught a class or they ever preached a sermon or, or any of that. But Lord, they were available. They showed hospitality. They discipled leaders. Lord, they established churches. Lord, every marriage here today should make the commitment to do their part to be like Priscilla and Aquila. Lord, what a couple. What an amazing couple as we'll see. And Father, I pray that you would encourage us all to be in Christ Jesus. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do for us. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said together. This couple is named four times in the Bible. And they're listed together every time. And let me, let me share this with you from the pulpit of Alexander County at East Tales of Baptist Church. Do not... Say that with me. Do not be unequally yoked. They were yoked together by Christ. If you're unequally yoked, you'll never be able to do this. You just won't. It's not going to happen. I, if, I will not officiate weddings of a Christian and a non-Christian, or two non-Christians, because I'm a spiritual, I'm a Christian, Right? All my weddings involve two people that know Jesus and they make a covenant and hopefully it's for a lifetime. Okay, sometimes that don't happen. But that's your goal, right? So don't be unequally yoked. All you young people look at me. Do not be unequally yoked together. Okay? If Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, then Jesus Christ should be the Lord of the life of anybody you date. Because any date could possibly be somebody you marry. Think about the impact. This is not going to be on, on the screen, but think about this. The church in Corinth met in Priscilla and Aquila's home. The church in Ephesus met in Priscilla and Aquila's home. Stop right there. They had to move. If you're serving with Paul, you got to move. Okay, they had to move. Priscilla and Aquila supported Paul. They were tent makers, just like him. They used their business and their finances to support Paul because he had no support. He didn't have a Southern Baptist Convention. He didn't have a North Carolina Baptist Convention. He didn't have an Alexander Baptist Association. He had people like Priscilla and Aquila who gave money because they believed in what he was doing. They used their businesses. These people were probably well off, good for them. 
they probably died well off because they were smart and they invested their money. And they, they didn't just use their money for themselves, they used it for God's glory. Okay? They invested in the kingdom, but not only that, think about this. Priscilla and Aquila mentored and discipled Apollos. That's amazing to me. They, we're going to look at that in just a moment. And then Priscilla and Aquila supported and discipled Timothy. It's amazing to me that they did that. You don't, you don't really get that by just reading this. Look, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers. They're listed four times in the Bible, and the first time is going to be in 1 Corinthians. But notice what they do. They show host or in Acts. They show hospitality. Very important. Notice the verse on the screen in Acts. It says, after this, and if you read Acts chapter 17, that's when Paul went to Athens. He sees that there's a bunch of idols. The, the Greeks are, are worshiping everything. They're worshiping an idol. They have an idol made to Zeus. I'm just making this up. Thor. You know, it's lightning. Thor did it. I mean, they were some of the most intelligent people on the planet, and they thought that a man hit his hammer and made it thunder. Isn't that crazy? That's how people get. Everybody's spiritual. Okay? Paul went there and said, I, 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 it seems like you're spiritual people. I want to tell you about the true God. And they said, you come with us to Mars Hill. That's where the intellectual leader of the day met. And they said, let's hear what he has to say. And he talked about Jesus Christ resurrecting from the dead. And that if you don't place your faith in him, one day you're going to stand before him in judgment. You know what they called him? A seed picker. A bird, a, a, a bird that picks up scraps. Laughed at him, some of them. But he stayed, and then the Bible says, some doubted and some believed. Some doubted and some believed, but you share the same seed, and you never back up on the message. Amen? Then he left, and it says, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Phoebe was in Corinth, Priscilla and Aquila, and he found a Jew. Notice the word found. That's God's providence. He wasn't looking for him. They just, they just ended up in the same place, probably the same synagogue, Typically in a synagogue, women sat on this side, men sat on this side. Men sat by their trade, okay? If you were a blacksmith, most of the blacksmiths sat together. If you did this, if you sold horses, they sat together. If you made tents, they sat together. And guess who he sits beside of probably? Aquila. Isn't it amazing how things just work out? Isn't it amazing how things just happen? A native of Pontius recently came from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. Look at the word Claudius. This is a historical book. He served between 41 and 54 AD. He was known. Listen to what, listen to what uh, Claudius's mom said about him. She said this. She called him a monstrosity of a human being, one that nature began and never finished. Probably didn't get her a Mother's Day card, you think? She said, this boy is ugly, he's got this disease. A lot, some thought he had Tourette, some thought he had these other things. But one thing about Claudius is this, he conquered Britain, historical fact. He enhanced and encouraged the gladiator games, historical fact. He was married four times, short period of time, and he hated religion, especially Jews and Christians. And he made an edict that says, all the Jews, listen to this, you got to leave, get out. He was tired of them. Because of their arguments and their faith and their spreading the gospel of Christus. They're saying this Jew rose from the dead and it's causing an uproar in the town. Now why don't you see what Claudius would have said. If you had Jesus to all these other religions, we're good. Coexist, right? And the early disciples said, no, nah, you can't do that. That's not salvation. Salvation is Jesus is above everybody and there's no second. And that's what they were preaching. Claudius says, I'll tell you how I'll, I'll solve this. 
because he was a little guy. He was a sickly guy. He stuttered. He had all these issues. His own family didn't like him. He says, I don't have time with it. Get them out. And Priscilla and Aquila had to leave. They leave Rome. And just so happened, they end up in Corinth about 756 miles later, and they go to a synagogue. And just so happens, God in his sovereign plan says, I want you to sit with Paul. It's amazing, isn't it? Isn't God amazing? God's plan will not be thwarted by your moves. If your business closed down, the kingdom of God does not. He's always working. Do you understand that? Do you understand that God works even better in the hard times of life? One one, uh, pastor said this, God uses difficult seasons to advance His kingdom and plan. Do you hear me? God uses difficult seasons to advance His kingdom and plan. God works all things together for good to those who are called according to His purpose, and it's for His glory. You either believe that or not. And when you go through hard days, they had to leave Rome, go to a place where they didn't even know the language, and start a new business and find a place to live. And they're still kingdom-focused. Are you, let me ask you this question. Are you going through hard days? I would say this is just a season. We all have seasons. And God may be working to use you in a greater way. Nowhere in the Bible does it say Christians will not have difficult days. You will. But God is working. I've pastored here since 2005. And I can attest to you that God, on these pews in this sanctuary, where we only met for years, I could tell you where people sat, where Terry and and Abby are sitting right now, where people used to sit, and they're not here with us now. See, that's not your pew. Get out. I'm just kidding. But people used to sit there, right? They're not here with us. And guess what? They were trophies of God's grace through the good times. Amen? And low man, the bad. I mean, I've seen them go through some hard days. But guess where they were every Sunday? Right there. Right there. Okay? Priscilla and Aquila were those people. Are you going through hard days? It's a season. Right? It, it, this too shall pass. But God will advance His plans through your life and your family. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we're going to have an easy time. Jesus said this to His disciples. In this world, you will have tribulation. We all do. He says, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. See, I want to tell you this. God has not abandoned you. And Priscilla and Aquila, they walked as a couple by faith. If you're having issues in your marriage, why don't you just try serving God? Why don't you try serving in the local church and see what happens? Give God a chance. Okay? Give him a chance. Work together. They walked by faith. See, they, they walked with Paul. Listen to what Paul said to the church at Corinth. He said, we, talking about we, me and all the people with me, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but we're not destroyed. Paul's saying, look, I came through hard times. We have too many quitters. Are you hearing me? We have too many quitters since COVID in the churches in Alexander County today. Too many quitters. It's easy to sit at home and eat Pop-Tarts and watch Jamie preach on my iPad. Amen? God will never greatly use your life if that's 90% of your, of your service to East Taylorville. He's not going to do it. If that's what you want, then fine. You're not like Priscilla and Aquila, though. You're not. You're not. And you're going to get to the end of your life and you're going to look back saying, Man, I wish I would have been with my brothers and sisters in Christ in church. I'll preach Jimmy Lambert's funeral today. 
His body will rest right there. And I don't know of a family in this church the last eight years has been through what they've been through. Now there have been some, because there's been a lot here. But they would be right here in this church if they could be. If they could be. Priscilla and Aquila walk through the hard times. They meet in the synagogue and the first thing they do is they show Paul hospitality. They say this, Paul, you can stay with us. Look. And he went to see them and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for they were tent makers by trade. You know how long he stayed with them? A year and six months. They showed hospitality. He lived in their house a year and six months. They showed incredible hospitality to this man. The act of hospitality opened the door for the plans and purposes of God. This is not some guest house. He stayed with them for a year and six months. One of the things that you can do in your life right now is show hospitality. See, back in Jesus' day, Jesus would say, if somebody's traveling along and they're brothers and sisters in Christ, you just let them stay in your house. If you see something, what is this called? Anybody know? It's called hitchhiking. Listen, back in the day, some of, some of your relatives went to school at App State and hitchhiked home. Because people just pick them up. Some of them were in the military at Fort Bragg. You know how they got home? Because people showed hospitality. Would you do that today? Mm-mm. Hey, if you knock on my door, I'm thinking either you're a Jehovah's Witness or you're a robber. And it's going to be bad news. Just call me first, okay? All right? Times have changed. But what can you do? God's not going to ask somebody, you to let somebody stay in your house for a year and six months. I would say get a job and get your own place, right? But what can you? Listen to what you can do. You can fix a meal for somebody that's hurting, right? Can, can you write a card? Do you realize the power of a handwritten note? The power. Not that you buy something from Walmart and they have their words on it for you and you sign your name. I'm talking about you writing it. You writing a note. That you personally write yourself and send to somebody else has tremendous power. When I was a student pastor, I'd write all the students. And I remember uh, officiating a wedding and a young girl handed me a note. I thought it was wedding vows or something. And she said, I want you to see the note you wrote me. When I was going through a hard time. And I never thought I'd be the person I am today or where I am today. The power of a handwritten note. Anybody can. That's Priscilla and Aquila. They showed hospitality. Look at verses 18. Paul says this. So Paul remained a good while, 18 months, or six, yeah, 18 months. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria. And Priscilla and Aquila were with him, so they left again. Amazing. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. So they uprooted their home because of the ministry, and went to Ephesus. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. You know what Paul said? I'm going to need you to stay here. We're going to start a church here. And they did it. Notice the second thing. They discipled leaders. Now notice this. They meet a man. Notice these verses. Now a certain Jew named Apollos was born in Alexandria, which meant he had prestige. An eloquent man and mighty in scriptures came to Ephesus. There God's just working things out again. They just meet other people and they say there's a man named Apollos. He's very eloquent, which means this, the guy can speak. He's just a good speaker. As a matter of fact, the word eloquent means people would come to hear him speak. You know how people will go out to hear a music group? 
they would go out to hear this man speak, and he was mighty in the Scriptures. And he came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and, and, and being fervent in spirit, which means he was, he was very uh, energetic about what he believed. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew that here's his problem. He knew only the baptism of John, which means this. His theology was incomplete. He didn't know about, he knew about repentance. He didn't know about the, the, the total ramifications of the resurrection of the dead. He didn't know about the indwelling of the Spirit. He didn't know about uh, God's plan for the Gentiles and the Jews. So here this, this eloquent man is speaking. okay, And Priscilla and Aquila are listening to him and they're going, Oh man, he's a good speaker, but he's not complete. He's not. I, I've heard people preach before and I'm like, Man, if they just get a little more, little more knowledge, they're going to be tough in the pulpit. But they're not ready yet. And this husband and wife did this. Look, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside. They didn't do it publicly. They didn't post videos of him on Facebook saying, look how bad this guy is. They didn't do a blog about him. They took him aside privately because they saw that God can use this man. And they explained to him the way more accurately. Now Priscilla and Aquila lived with Paul for a year and six months. Imagine their theology. Better than mine. Better than yours, better than John MacArthur's, better, way better than Billy Graham, better than Dr. Martin Lord Jones. These people would be some of the most intelligent people, spiritually speaking, that you've ever met if you met them today. Spent a year and six months with Paul, and he taught them, discipled them, and he says, What I teach you, you teach somebody else. And they took Apollos aside, okay, because his theology was incomplete. And they took him aside in private and they said, We're going to disciple you. Now, what is the results of that? Notice this verse on the screen. It says, and when he desired to cross to Achaia, because after a period of time, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him because he had to go to another place. They said, you better take this guy. This guy's amazing. He's a great speaker. He knows the word. This guy is complete. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. So he's teaching other Christians, greatly helped them. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing them from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. How did he get there? Priscilla and Aquila. They, they took this man aside with grace. They spoke the truth and love to him. And then a, a, Apollos became one of the great preachers in the church. And then the third thing is this. They risked their lives. Notice again what Paul says. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. My fellow workers in Jesus who risked their own. Look, look how Paul puts it. They risked their own necks. You know why he put that? Their own necks? Because it was... Really, the way that the Romans did it, they just cut your head off. They'd either crucify or just cut your head off. Now listen, I'm not trying to be braggadocious or arrogant. If I die today, I'm going to heaven. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Okay? I would put myself out there for the gospel. I don't know if I'd bring my wife with me and hold my, holding her hand. Right? I just don't know that I'd do that. I'm my wife's protector, right? I'm not sure if I'd say, honey, let's go get our head chopped off today. Don't sound like a good afternoon, right? It's kind of like eating at Applebee's. Not good for you, okay? Look, she said, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. Paul says, we don't know what happened. We don't know how they did it. But Paul says this. Paul said this. Basically, he, he says this. If you follow me and you work with me, it's going to be dangerous. They risked. Look at the word risk. 
When is the last time you took a risk for your church? When is the last time you took a risk for the furtherance of the gospel? When is the last time as a couple you took a risk? God will not ask most of us to die for him, but he will ask us to live for him. That's the risk. When is the last time you got out of your comfort zone? When is the last time you took a risk for the gospel's sake? Listen to this. I want to tell you this. Your Christianity is boring because you never get out of your comfort zone and you don't take risks. I couldn't live like some people in this county do it, claiming to know Jesus. I just couldn't do it. You're apathetic. You don't give. You never share the gospel. Your church attendance is sporadic at best. And you just wonder why you don't get nothing out of nothing. I mean, has the gospel changed? Is, am I any different than Priscilla and Aquila? No, they're just normal people. See, the reason your Christianity is boring and you can come to church and go to sleep is because it just don't mean that much to you. You're not going to take a risk. I would encourage you today to say, God, use me. That's a prayer I prayed at Millersville Baptist Church. Man, I didn't know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. And right off the bat, I said, God, use me for something other than just sitting in a pew for me. That was my desire. God, use me. Use my family. Use us as best you can. This was Priscilla and Aquila. And, God, and Paul says this. He says, because they got out of the comfort zone, not only do I give thanks, and that would be enough if the Apostle Paul did. He says, but all the churches of the Gentiles. That's an amazing thought. Your, your names have went all the way across Europe, Asia. They all give thanks for you. And then the final thing I'll say is this before we go into a time of prayer is this. East Hillsville Baptist Church needs you. You. Don't, don't look at your neighbor. You say, well, I'm visiting. Well, you don't have to visit forever. Amen. If I was going to be a member of a church in this county, I'd be a member of this church. I trust our finances. I trust it. Steve, you trust it? I trust it. I give money here every week. I give money here every week. I trust it. I trust everything that's in the every line item. I trust it. That it's going to meet the needs and share the good news of the gospel and discipling people not just here, but literally throughout the world. When you tithe here, you make a tremendous impact. doesn't bother me a bit to give my money to East Hills of Baptist Church. does not. Matter of fact, the first thing I do every week is get money out for East Hills of Baptist Church. It's not a bill. It's not a bill. It's a blessing for me. Okay? It's a blessing for me. Always has been a blessing. That nominating committee report... I just say this, thank you. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You do not have to serve. You don't. But we thank you. East Tellersville Baptist Church. Paul called Priscilla and Aquila fellow workers. The, the Greek word he used, and I'm going to read this, and then we'll, we'll have an invitation. It's the word where we get the word synergy. Now listen to what scholars say, which is defined as the interaction or working together of two or more agents or forces that produces a combined effect greater than the sum of their individual effects, which means this. If you got two people working together on the same thing, it's better than just one. It's synergy. In the New Testament, this word is used only of a co-worker or helper in the Christian work. In each instance, this word conveys the idea of an affectionate partnership and not merely that of an impersonal official relationship. This word refers to someone who is a team player, who does not seek to run or control things on his own or serve for his selfish or personal agenda. This also means we're to work together with our brethren in Christ as part of God's team. There's no such thing as a one-man team. 
We work to build up others and to help the body function as a body, to help the church function as a body. It means teamwork with each believer doing his share for the goals of Christ, who is the head of the team. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8.23, As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker. The same thing he said about Priscilla and Aquila. To the church at Philippi, he says, But I thought it necessary to send to you Epiditus, my brother, and a fellow worker and fellow soldier. To the church at Philippi, he says, Indeed, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And then when Paul comes to the end of his life, he writes 2 Timothy chapter 4, the very last words he spoke, and toward the end of that book, notice what he says, greet Priscilla or Prisca and Aquila. Hey, couples, look at me. Look at me. Share your marriage with Jesus. You say, well, man, you don't know about our marriage. I don't need, I don't have to. Serve the Lord and just see what God does. Amen. Serve Him. Serve the Lord and see what God does. Isn't it amazing how when we serve, it changes? I tell people that battle with depression, okay? Whether it's medical or just circumstances, hey, listen, serve somebody else. Just do it. Just do it. I'm not saying it's going to clear everything up. I'm not naive. I know it's an issue. But allow that be part of your rehabilitation, okay? Just serve other people and see what God does. Church, when is the last time you took a risk for the gospel's sake? East Hillsborough Baptist Church needs you. If you'll stand with me as our musicians come, I'm not going to give a long invitation. Very short one. we got a business meeting. I'm going to ask them to come. As they're coming, let me ask you a question. I wonder how many of you today would say this in the quietness of this moment. If you'll just bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, I submit. I submit my life to you. Lord, I submit my life to you. If you're lost here today, you'd say, Lord, I need to be saved. And I place my faith in Jesus today. Let me ask you as, as married couples, are you serving? Use your marriage for the kingdom of God. Use it here. East Tales of Baptist Church needs you. After I pray, Sharon's going to lead us in a song. This altar's open if you need it. If not, do business with God where you're seated. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, from, of the challenge that was given to me through just two names, Priscilla and Aquila. Lord, help us to be used for your glory. I pray that we wouldn't come to the end of our lives and say this, I wish we would have done this for the cause of Christ. Father, we'll thank you and praise you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. As Sharon leads us in this song, you respond as the Lord leads you this morning.
thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we're getting ready to go into a uh, time of business. It's going to last about five minutes. So I would say this, if you're a visitor and you'd like to leave, go ahead and do it now. If not, I'm going to ask our members to be seated just for a few moments as we get ready to go into a business meeting. Do we have the minutes?